0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Time Between Times Storytelling with me, Owen Staten. This is the podcast where tales are told in a traditional way. Just me, speaking to you and bringing to life stories that in some cases have not been told for hundreds of years. Kreuz welcome my friends to the fire pit at the heart of the forest. Welcome to Time Between Times Storytelling. The last few weeks have been very busy indeed. I have been on a book tour. I have been telling tales for my good friend, Dr Delith Badder, for the release of her book, The Folklore of Wales, Ghosts, co-authored by Mr Mark Norman. And tonight's story will come from that book. But before that, Can I ask you all to relax, sit back, close your eyes if it's safe to do so, and join me as we awaken our imagination and drift into the realm of fantasy. Here there are heroes, here there are villains, here there are dark caverns and tall castles, but most of all, here there are ghosts. You see, the wheel of the year is turning and becoming darker. The time between times grows stronger with each passing day and Halloween Kalongayav is only a scant few weeks away. So what better time than to tell tales of phantoms, of buka, of spooky goings-on, than right now? So pretend you're sat at your fireplace. Everyone is settling down for the night. But not you, oh no. You get up. You put on your coat. And you open the door and the wind blasts you in the face. You step outside. The rain is sheeting down. But you know where there's shelter. Shelter from the rain as well as the troubles and strife of life. It's in the forest. You walk down the street passing your neighbours' houses. You see them all cutched up nice and warm but not you for you are going into the woods into the darkness into the place they say we should not go and yet we are drawn there. You take a step onto the path that leads into the forest the trees stretch to the sky all around you. You make your way past the old mossy tower. You see that the babbling brook is full with water, rainwater, rushing through the mountains and arriving once again. But you jump over it, safe. The rain is pitter-pattering on what's left of the leaves. But you see it in front, the clearing of the heart of the forest. And there your friends have gathered. Friends you haven't seen for a long time. Some you see all the time. And some perhaps you have yet to meet. All are smiling, all are happy, all are glad to be here. For where are you now? You look up, you see the sun and the moon sharing the same sky. And you are here at the time between times, the time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey, the time when the veil between our world and the fairy world grows wafer, wafer thin. Now is the time that people see lights in the sky, now is the time that people see the Tullwith Teig, now is the time that people see the ghosts of the past. And if I have learnt anything about Welsh ghosts, I have learnt most of it in the last few weeks. The wonderful book I was promoting, there will be a link in the show notes. But in that, it says about the rules of Welsh ghosts. They are vengeful. They are spiteful. They are full of hate. They will only speak once spoken to and never appear to more than one person. And tonight's tale follows those rules. So let me take you back a hundred and fifty years. The bustling town of Pontypriddhe in the valley above Cardiff. A place famous for rugby. Famous for its university. Famous for being a kind and friendly town. And there in Bridge Street as you enter the town is the Maltster's Arms. A bustling pub. Filled most nights with revellers, but many years ago it was called the White Horse Inn and was moved a slight way down from where it now stands. And tonight's story occurs in the White Horse Inn, or part of it anyway. You see, all those years ago a young girl called Ellen Meyer used to work there. From the village of Treforest she would walk every night through the town to the White Horse And there she would serve, carry food, make the bed of the hotel and mainly just get on with her life as a barkeep. It was a lonely life, she had to put up with a lot but every night she went home with coin in her pocket and that was enough. But one day, many things changed, the way she looked at life. Like many times before She had to go down to the cellar to collect the ale from the barrels. They kept many behind the bar at the top, and the bar was particularly full this night. There was a man playing a fiddle in the corner, and old songs were being sung. It was much joyousness. But the cellar was always dark, and no matter how hot it was outside, there was always a chill down there underground. The stone steps led down into the darkness. It was rarely lit, and tonight it was darker than ever. Ellen Meyer moved her way down, stepping one step after the other. She reached the bottom and could barely see in the gloom. She could just see the barrels there up against the wall, and she moved forward. She felt something run over her foot and knew that it must be one of the many rats that called this place home and then she looked up straight into the eyes of something that was not of this world. It was darker than a winter gloom and stood behind a barrel its piercing eyes looking through the centuries and straight into her heart. She felt her heart skip several beats, and she stood up straight, and then dropped one of the jugs to the floor where it smashed into a million pieces. She ran back up the stone steps and into the bar, and there was the owner, and she said to him, I I saw a figure in the cellar a spirit, an aspirin to ensure. Nonsense, he replied. From that day on she feared going down there and saw the spirit many times. She would reach the bottom of the stairs, turn around and stare and there it was, staring back. On one occasion it sat on top of the barrels, grinding its teeth, echoing through the cellar. In the end she took the owner down with her but he said he could see nothing. But at last one night at the time between times, the time it was neither night nor day, but the sun had gone and the sky was grey, she decided to take things into her own hands and walk down the steps mustering all the courage she could. And there it was once more, staring straight at her, this dark, dark figure. She could just make out his outline, his hair was as black as the night and his face had seen many centuries. "'I know you are trying to startle me, "'but you will startle me no longer. "'Who in the name of the Trinity are you?' "'For a moment, a look of sheer shock "'passed over the spirit's face. "'Its lank jaw dropped open.' And then it seemed to gather its composure. I am the old gambler. Well, that's what they called me. I have been here for hundreds of years. And now you speak to me. I must ask one thing of you and one thing alone, for I cannot rest. Every thing that he said seemed to echo through the centuries. Tomorrow night at ten, come with me to Kumpistelkolae and the Wiener Church, and there you can do one deed for me that will let me sleep from now on. Ellen Meyer turned around walked up the stairs, took one last look at the spirit, for he did not feel so frightening any more. The next night she donned her thickest coat and made her way there to Golai and the old church under the moonlight. She opened the creaking gate into the churchyard and walked past the rickety stones, making her way up towards the church door. And there he was, the old gambler, standing by the church door, his arms around himself, huddling against the cold, or so it seemed. Under a stone, there by the river, you will find some silver gaffles. What are they? They are spurs that I would tie to a cock's feet. For I would take part in these horrible fights, birds fighting each other to the death, to the cheering of the masses. But I cheated, you see, and made many fortunes doing this. I would tie these tiny spurs to the cock's foot and he would tear the other birds apart. And I will never forget the longing look in their eyes as they passed away. People say that a ghost does the haunting, but a ghost can be haunted as well, and that is true for me. Please, follow me. They made their way through the churchyard round to the back, and sure enough, there was a small path down to the river. Under that stone there, take care, for it is a treacherous place. Ellen Meyer made her way over the stone lifted it. And sure enough, they almost rusted to nothing were the silver gaffles. Old metal, not really silver. Steel, polished, but now orange and near broken. What do you want me to do with them now? Throw them into the tuff, so that nobody may ever use them to cause cruelty again. And that is what she did. She threw them out into the middle of the river where they sunk beneath the waters, carried for moments over the rushing, rushing waters, but then lost. And She turned around, and in front of her face, the old gambler vanished. He was never seen in the monster's arms ever again. But Ellen Meyer told the story to everyone who would listen and everyone who would pay money to go down into the cellar in the hope of catching a glimpse of this forlorn spirit, but he was never, ever seen again. But that does not mean that the Molsters, as it is now, is free of ghosts, oh no. It is said that a white lady walks around the bar after night. It is said that the cellar is still haunted. Even though the pub has moved and changed its name, it seems it cannot escape the old haunted history bestowed upon it. And that, my friends, is the tale of the spirit of the Molster's Arms, as featured in the folklore of Wales, Ghosts, which is available from Calon Books. I'm so glad you have chosen to join me here, my friends. This episode is coming out a couple of days early, for I am on my travels this weekend. But I will be gathering more tales. There will be a new patron's only release over the next few days as well. So if you are not a patron at staten 7 patreon.com forward slash staten 7 or on Ko-fi, ko-fi.com forward slash Staten. please take some time to do so. And you will get the bonus content available there. And hopefully this Sunday night at nine, I will be back at the fire pit at the heart of the forest for another tale at the time between times. The time when it's neither night nor day, but the sun has gone and the sky is grey. Tales are important, my friends. Whether they be simple stories like the one we just told or complex quests that go on for many, many hours... They make our imagination come alive. They make our heart beat faster. They make us feel like we are part of the story, if only for a few moments. And that is so important. Traditional tales are a way to lose yourself in old stories make you feel alive once more, let all your worries and your cares drift away on a tide of tales. So please, try and take some time out of your day to enjoy these tales, traditionally to hold. My name is Owen. Thank you so much for joining me here at the fire pit of the heart of the forest. Until next time, take care of yourselves. No star.